Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Healman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Welcome to Warrior Mothers You Know. Thank you so much for being here. You're going to be glad you came today. You're going to be glad you're listening today. A uh, special welcome to you ladies. If there's anybody here new in person today, I'm not noticing anybody new here in person, but for sure. Thanks for listening. If you can just join us on the recordings, we really need you. And we are so glad that you're here. Even if you're just listening, we just want you to know you're one of us and we love you. And let's see. Yeah, we have got some personal warrior trainers with us today with Ruben Aiton, who directs the personal warrior training system at Life Changing Services and does the training of the personal warrior trainers. And I know Ruben well enough uh, to tell you just one or two cool things about Ruben, but I'll wait and do that after I turn the time over to BJ. So BJ, if you want to go over some quick things, that'd be awesome. I will. This is so fun to have these personal warrior trainers here and Ruben, who's just such a awesome person behind good stuff. So we're just grateful to have all of you. So we just wanted to give just a tiny bit of information about who we are, and what we're doing. We'll make it short today because we just want to have a lot of time with these for our discussion today. So this is Warrior Mothers Who Know. This group meets every Tuesday at 11 o'clock and we just want to be a a place of support and connection and and answers and help with each other. Mostly as we're navigating some of the common challenges of our day, one of them being just the battle with pornography. And, and as mothers, we want to um, know how to 
meet this and support and and encourage. And so we're just, it's going to be really a, a neat time today. I noticed several people are talking in some of our group meet groups about that this is happening. And anyway, this is exciting today. So we're, this group is sponsored by Life Changing Services. We just love the gospel center training and healing that happens there. You can go to lifechangingservices.org if you want to find out more about their programs. And then Mothers Who Know, that's one of their programs. That's us. And we are just a faith-filled gathering place for women who are uh, wanting to support people just in a peaceful, powerful way. And so we'll just, I think, Karen, unless there's, unless there's something that, can't think of anything that's, that needs to be said right here before we get going, but please add it if we do, and I'll just hand it over to you and we'll get going. Okay. So, you know what? I, you guys are going to need to be patient with this just for one more minute because we are excited to get to you, but we're also really excited because, oh gosh, Mothers You Know went live online in October of 2014. And it existed before that, but it went live online. And anyway, we had our very first ever in-person retreat this weekend, this past weekend. And so a lot of us here are feeling like, wasn't that some fun? Like, that was really cool, right? That was so great to connect with each other. And so anyway, you ladies that couldn't join us, we totally knew you wanted to. And I know BJ said, we're, we're doing it on Zoom, just kind of a, you know, shift in the pocket of our jeans. Here we go. We're just going to put it right here and see if you can hear us. And we didn't feel comfortable doing that you know, like let's full out, tell everybody it's on Zoom, but we, we hope some of you were able to catch that, but we did get the whole recording of the retreat and we'll definitely be able to get, let you have access to that. So that's cool. But I just wanted to highlight, I'm seeing if Karen's here and she's not, I'm so sad, but this is what we got at the retreat. Just so you know, you ladies that weren't able to come, we got these super deep bags. See, it says blessed mama. What else it say, BJ down there where it's really small? Can't see it. <laughs> oh, BJ, come on. <laughs> okay. Sometimes stressed, but incredibly blessed. That's what that one says. And then this one says, yeah, you could choose. Let's share the other one. Bless Mama. Can you read that one? Nope. I'll get it, BJ. Don't worry. I thank God for you. And then inside the bag, this is what we got. These flowers that are behind me here were from the retreat. Connie, my sister, sent them to me just to support us because she loves us. Uh, they're just here. But I wanted to show you. We, we got this. Sorry. Utah truffle. Yeah, we're sorry you didn't get one of these. They're so delicious. We got that. And then we got this beautiful little cute little journal. And these really neat pictures that I have over here by these flowers too. For you ladies to look at. See this? Ta-da. Isn't that beautiful? That's, that was in, in our journal. The Savior carrying Lynn and this one. It's a warrior woman. And then it has words there. And it says, it says, the devil saw me with my head down and thought he'd won until I said, amen. Okay, and then he went running for the hills. Okay, that's, we just wanted to say we missed you. 
And we also want to say if you were able to attend, thank you so much. It was so wonderful to connect with you. And we're just so grateful for that experience we had. It was really powerful and going to make me emotional and so special. It was so cool. So thank you for everything you did to make that work. And thanks for your desire to be there, even though it didn't work out for you this time. But we'll definitely be doing another one. That was good evidence we needed. Okay, Ruben, I want to tell you, ladies, how much I like Ruben. He's a good man. And boy, would we be up a crick without that guy here at Life Changing Services. He does so many things. He's so capable. In fact, I'm still trying to figure out how, how he remains so capable, but I don't know. Yeah, I just am so grateful for you, Ruben, and grateful for your work with the PWTs. It was alone. I remember being in the meeting when we first had the thought of personal warrior trainers and um, how that was just so spirit-led. It was just an obvious like, woo, that was spirit-led. We need personal warrior trainers. That's what we need in Sons of Helaman and Men of Moroni. And so could you just tell us a little bit about the history of personal warrior training? And then I've asked Ruben to just come today and facilitate a panel with these personal warrior trainers so that we can get to know them and you can get a taste of, because everybody in this meeting, the majority of us either have had or do have a son in the Sons of Healing program or a son in Minamaroni YSA. And so, yeah, if you could just share, yeah, just about personal warrior training, but really just give us a feel for, like, we don't get to listen to everything our son does. We never get to go to Sons of Healing. We don't get to, we don't get to listening on the personal wire trainer even though we try really hard like you know but yeah we don't get to hear it all but boy do we ever appreciate you guys okay you're on Ruben. all right well thank you karen so for those who don't know me my name is ruben Aiton. i am the director of mentoring programs at life change services i'm also the outreach and marketing director for the company so a lot of what you see coming out and around the company in terms of information actually helping with that as well. Uh, the biggest part of our mentoring side of our program is the personal warrior training program. We have learned that this aspect of the program is, I believe equally as important as the therapeutic aspect of the program. In fact, it is part of the therapeutic aspect of the, the objective of personal order training is to be able to give each young man or man the opportunity to get help one-on-one -on -one from a well-trained mentor who has been through the program themselves, who does manpower every day themselves who knows the challenges of doing manpower and who understands the value of doing manpower and helping to achieve recovery. And these individual sessions are really meant to help accelerate their ability to do manpower consistently. Personal warrior trainers are not there to do the addictive side of the therapeutic work, except from the standpoint of helping uh, get the air out of the break of the brain. Because as you guys all know, the frontal lobe, the value center of the brain is what we're trying to help people to operate from more often. And in many cases, for those who have struggled therapeutically, the break of the brain, the frontal lobe, which is the brain, has got air in it. 
And when they are saying, Hey, I want to stop, but I put my foot on the brake, it won't engage. It's not stopping like it should. <clears throat> One of the biggest pieces of the therapeutic process is to help get the air out of the brakes by helping the individuals go into the program to actually exercise the brake. And the more you exercise the brake, the stronger it becomes and the air gets out of the brakes. And eventually you start to find, wow, I'm putting on the brakes and I'm stopping. So manpower we've learned is one of the biggest aspects of helping rebuild the brake of the brake and helping these guys to see success as they do that. And that's the focus of these personal work. They're doing that work themselves. They are masters at helping mentor others and doing that. They've worked with a lot of different guys. Every one of the guys that you're seeing today has worked with many, many different individuals of many, many different motivation levels, skill levels, desire levels. And, and <laughs> you see all of them smiling because yeah, they know that there, there can be some challenging moments in tried to really help motivate these guys, but that's a lot of what they do is to be able to use a lot of the tools and practices that they've learned both through training and in their own practice to, to help individuals do that. So, so there, you know, the job of personal order training is, is in conjunction with what the therapist is doing. The therapist and the personal order trainer work together. And ultimately the therapist is the final say in this work. He's, he's really the one directing the work of the personal warrior trainer. So we keep a fairly tight ship because we want everything to be therapeutically really sound and to be therapeutically in alignment with what the, the therapists know will help the individuals. So these guys do a great job at doing that with each of the clients that they're doing. And I, I'm regularly watching and overseeing the work that they're doing to make sure that we maintain quality with the company. And and I can tell you that every one of them do a great job at working with your guys to, to achieve that. So Karen asked me if I would take some time to run a panel of a small group of our trainers. We have almost 30 active trainers who are working with guys right now. And I brought in three to be able to have some discussion, ask some questions, get their, their feedback and their insights and to give you guys a chance to ask some questions of us as well, because you may have questions about what we do or how to, how we can help in the individual situations that we have. So I'd like to start by letting each one of these guys who are with you today share in just a few sentences, their story of overcoming addiction themselves to one of our programs and ultimately deciding to become a personal order trainer and help others to overcome theirs. Tyler, I'll start with you. Hey, awesome. Yeah, for me, um, my recovery, it took me about a year for my recovery to get to the 12 weeks. And so for me, like it, it takes some time sometimes, but summarize it is I was doing everything right. What is throughout the entire program, but my reasons for doing it changed. And so when I first started doing it, even though I, I was very proactive as a youth, I found the group, I found the program because I, I wanted to be better, but I was still doing it to, you know, to be able to pass the sacrament, but mostly for my bishop and for my parents. And eventually I had a psychologist, the psychologist we worked with, he, he looked at me and said, Tyler, you're doing everything right. And I don't know why you're not improving. 
And so that caused a lot of self-introspect, self-introspection for me. And I, I came to realize that I was, I was doing everything right, but I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. And so I had to, I had to decide to do it for me because that's why I wasn't doing it. I wasn't doing it for me. And so I put a lot more effort. I was more intentional. And as I did it for me, then I was able, and not for my parents, then I was able to really make ground and head my way towards recovery. And so that was one of the key aspects on my personal level that really helped me in my recovery. One other thing was actually, was actually my parents. For me, I, 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 I think everyone that goes through the program spends really a lot of time being them, themselves up. Most of the time, they're not happy with the man in the mirror. And so when I would relapse or when I go to my parents and say, Hey, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. The way I was received was, was key for me. My, my parents never inflicted justice or never really never received any shaming from my parents. I was always really supportive and they had high expectations for me. They, they asked me, okay, no, that happened, but how are you going to improve? And so. I never received judgment, but I also was expected to improve. And so that was something that also really helped me a ton in my recovery. And so those two things together really helped me a ton. Now, my route for being a personal warrior trainer, after I did become more intentional and was doing it, the program more for myself so I could become the person I wanted to be. My, my therapist, he, he just reached out because I was really interactive in group. And he said, you know, you'd be really good at being a personal warrior trainer. And so I got the Ruben, I got the number of Ruben, I called him and I waited the 24 weeks I had to be clean before I could start training for the process. I did the training process and I loved it. And I still love it. I'm going through it again and I'm learning a ton from it, just about myself and how I can help your sons really. And it was, it's. It was wonderful to go through, especially since I went, I went through the training program, worked with guys for about six months, went on a mission, and now I'm recently returned. And so it's just a wonderful process. And that's pretty much my story in a nutshell. Ruben, do you have any, anything that oh, great. you to elaborate on or? Okay. That's perfect. Thank you, Tyler. Brandon, how about you? Just a few sentences about some of your recovery journey and path to becoming a personal worker. Where do you start? So just before I started the program, um, I struggled for a long time. At that point in my life, in my early 20s, it was half my life at that point. So a long time. And I was uh, recently engaged and that kind of sparked a desire to, you know, act now and, and start working on this. And so I went through the program. It also took me about 12 months to become graduated. And it was an amazing experience because I really liked group a lot and it was hard to actually leave and move on because of the environment. It's just so amazing. So yeah, I mean, that was my process as far as that's how long it took me to graduate from the program. During that process, going to group, I was also meeting with a personal warrior trader and I didn't meet with him as much as I should have, but he was amazing. And it felt like he just had all the questions, all the answers to my questions. And I was able to learn things from him that I wasn't able to learn in group. And that was important for me because I needed that, right? And it helped me have breakthroughs. And because if we were able to interact on a one-on-one -on -one basis, it wasn't, you know, necessarily possible in group just because of the environment. 
And so that kind of sparked an interest for me as far as wanting to be a personal warrior trainer. And so of course I graduated from the program and, you know, went through additional training as you have to. And I've been a personal warrior trainer for about a year this week, actually in a year. So I've loved every minute of it. So. And Brandon, I think you made a decision to shift course in your career as a result of this work, right? Right. Yeah. So when I started the program, I was striving, I was pursuing a career in business as far as like a, a, a degree and as a result of this experience that I've been through, I changed course and I'm actually now finishing up a degree in marriage and family studies at BYU, Idaho. And after that, next year, I'll pursue a master's in therapy. So I'm actually wanting to stay on this path so, all as a result of this experience that I went through in my life. So. Thank you, Brandon. Andrew. All right. I'll be as brief as I can. And as Ruben knows, I can be so. When I actually went to the Sons of Human program, it was before they had personal warrior trainers. It was spring of 2016. So first off, I that I had been struggling with with pornography and such for a few years at that point. And I'm the oldest in my family. So I talked to my parents about it. They didn't really know how to respond. And so I was first met with a, a bit of panic from my parents and a little bit of anger. And so that made it kind of harder to talk to them, but I kind of got more used to it. My, and my parents got more used to it and that was, was very helpful. But I remember constantly asking them, how do I stop this? And them saying, what do you mean? How do you stop this? You, you stop. I'm like, okay, if it was a matter of just stopping, I would have done so by now because I don't like this, but I basically just kind of tried to white knuckle it as much as I could. And then I wanted to go on a mission and I talked to my bishop about it actually. And he asked me how I was doing it in this area. And he, and I said, oh, I'm doing okay. I, I maybe slip up like every other week. Maybe he's like, I think we should get that down to none. And he gave me the information for sons of Elman, which happens to, I think it's basically, I think the headquarters of life changing services is basically right down the street from my house. And. It was wonderful going to it because I'm like, oh, this is how. And it was nice to see that it's a process and there's patience involved. And one thing I came to find out when I was a psychology student at BYU, as I am now, is I found out from one of my professors that pretty much every man goes through this at one point in their life, every single one, especially these days. And he said the remarkable ones are the ones that say, I don't like this. I want to stop this. I want to learn to control this. And I feel like that described my experience at Sons of Human. The guys I was surrounded with were amazing. They were like that. They were like me in that, like, I don't like this. I want to stop this, but I know that I am not a bad person. I just need more training. And so I graduated. I put in my mission papers that my, that was my huge motivation. I had a very strong motivation of, I want to go on a mission. I want to go on a mission now. And I wasn't going to start my papers until I had graduated. So I graduated, I put in my papers. I went on my mission to the California Irvine mission, speaking Spanish, came back. I found out that they had this new thing called the personal warrior trader. Whoa, that's cool. I decided my first semester at BYU that no, I'd rather be a psychology major and switch from mechanical engineering psychology 
And I'd heard that I could potentially be a personal warrior trainer. I'm like, oh, that goes well perfectly with what I want to do with my life. And so this development was so cool. And so I went through the training. Um, and I've been a personal warrior trainer for a little over two years now. I actually started, I think my first session was amongst the day before BYU shut down. And so it, it, it's been a wonderful experience. I had an opportunity to be taking more of a mentor position in the actual therapeutic group discussion at one point. And that was a fantastic experience. And I've just, I loved it. It's helped me so much. I just recently got engaged a few weeks ago and it's, oh yeah, I did say that every minute. It's been really helpful. She knows that I went through this and she, Honestly, she thinks I'm just that much more attractive that I am going to go through this. And then she knows that when we have children and we have sons, they know, we'll know what to do. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. So guys, hopefully you see, these are some great guys that your guys are working with. And, you know, each one of them, by the way, not only do they do manpower every day, they also practice the no M and P policy. It's a, it's a strict policy that, you know, that they be doing the same things that their guys that they're working with are doing. So they can stand as a role model. They've been up the mountain and they continue to go up the mountain so they can lead others in that direction too. So, and just so that you guys know, I had shared a little bit about I'm also a personal warrior trainer. I lead the personal warrior trainers, but I'm one myself. I actually was introduced to life-changing services in 2015 when Maurice decided to take just a last-minute accidental trip practically from Atlanta to Greenville, South Carolina. Our stake president happened to hear that he was in Atlanta because he had family in Atlanta. And he said, hey, would you like to come up and do a fireside at our place? And I later found out that my wife and I were the pretty much the only two people that kind of resulted from that fireside as far as long-term people from life changing services. But for us, when we, we were already coaches and we're really, I was an engineer originally by trading had been uh, worked 23 years for Exxon and GE, but really wanted to make a change into helping people. It's felt much more congruent with me. And <clears throat> when we were. With that, when we went to that fireside, we were really looking for not only help to really deepen our ability to help people with more gospel centered work, particularly around self mastery, but also help for our kids. My wife had been through a traumatic eight year marriage where her husband had struggled with pornography addiction, and she was very concerned for our kids. We didn't feel like we had the tools to really help them. And when we heard Marie's talk, it was like the light bulbs went off. And we knew that this was the, this was the missing link we were looking for. And we've been involved ever since. And it's been huge for our family, huge for the clients that we work with. We work with a lot of clients, both inside and outside of life changing services and the things that we're able to bring with these tools that your guys are learning are game changing for people, uh, really fill a hole for them. So had several questions come in, right, BJ, I see several of them here in the chat. And I'd like to go ahead and address some of those first, if we can. So guys, I want to ask each one of you, personal warrior trainers, did other people know that you were battling pornography early on? And did you ever feel alone and like there was something wrong with you when you were battling this? Okay, I definitely each feel like I want. Go ahead, Andrew. Okay. So my parents knew that I was going through this. My bishop knew that I was going through this. 
and my brother knew. And that was unfortunately because he saw things I was looking at my computer and that hurt. That was, that, that was sad for me. And at first I felt like I was really alone. I really felt alone, especially when I first talked to my parents about it and they kind of got angry. I felt like I couldn't really talk to them. I feel like later on I could talk to my dad, but not my mom. But as I kind of grew in, into a, a better relationship regarding these struggles with my parents, I felt less and less and less alone. Now everybody knows what I do for a living and everybody knows how I found it. And I, I love it. They, they see, oh, Andrew went through this and he was able to, to, to do something about it. It's possible. So I'm not going to recommend a, you know, who all your, your, your sons should tell, but I, I will say at first I felt very alone, but the more I was with my, my parents and the more my parents were supportive as opposed to angry. I felt much less alone. And then when I had a group, man, that was a game changer. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big part of a group that we've seen. And Andrew, you didn't get a chance to have a personal warrior trainer. I think, I think that was right before we actually launched the program, but perhaps Tyler and Brandon, you guys can speak to that as well as you had a personal warrior trainer yourselves, but uh, Tyler and Brandon, do you guys have anything you want to add to that, that question? So the original question was, did anybody know? Did, did, did other people know you were struggling and did you feel alone or that there was something wrong with you? I would say to the second part of the question, I did think that something was wrong with me, right? Cause you feel alone and isolated. I think even when you are telling your parents or church leaders. So I would say, yeah, for a long time, I did feel that way. As far as like, did anybody know before I joined the program? Not really. I did tell my parents pretty early on. But it was kind of like they drug me to the bishop's office, right? And kind of dropped me off there. So meeting with a church member helped a lot, right? Like that's part of the process. And I'm thankful for that. But it wasn't enough for me. And so when I started the program and the first time you show up to group, you're terrified, right? You're just like, holy crap, right? And then you, you understand that everybody in there can have a hundred percent empathy towards you because they all know what you're going through. And so as soon as I started through, like everything changed, I wasn't alone anymore. As far as meeting with a PWT, I could talk all day about that because that was just huge for me and being able to dig deep with it, right. And ask specific questions was really big for me. And it helped me make connections early on. And it really sped up my recovery because I was able to do that with him. So. I hope that answers that question. <laughs> yeah, great. Thank you, Brad. Tyler, you want to add anything to that from your experience? Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll share my experience. For me, I I felt completely alone, right? Because that's that's why addictions happen. It's isolation is, well, at least from my understanding, is is being isolated. And so for me, yeah, I I completely felt alone. Like I didn't really have anyone for about like a year. No one knew. For an, for an entire year. And then eventually I reached out, I let my dad know. My dad and I, we would talk about it every once in a while. So <laughs> felt pretty alone. And then eventually, like after a little bit, I felt comfortable just let my mom, mom know. And I asked him to meet with the bishop and then like made a plan with the bishop and that helped for a little bit. But after a little bit started going on, started happening again and just continued to feel alone. And so the 
the point where I didn't feel alone, like the other guys cared, was when I saw I wasn't the only one with the struggle. I think for me, one of the biggest things is like, I felt like there's something wrong with me because I thought I was the only one that struggled with this. And so the thoughts of shame is I'm terrible. I'm the only one that struggles. And so when I went to a group of people where, where a lot of people look like normal everyday people and they're all struggling with the same thing. Some people were having a harder time. Some people were seeing success. One, I didn't feel alone anymore. Two, I saw that I could be successful. And three, I was getting tools from my personal order trainer. If I didn't know what to do, I could just say, hey, TJ, TJ was my, my personal order trainer. I have a personal computer program. I'd say, hey, like this is going on. Like, what? Do you have any suggestions? And he gave me a tool that was just fantastic. It was awesome. I think one of the reasons why I felt so bad about myself was because I had an issue that I didn't know how to solve and I thought was unsolvable. And then coming to this program empowered me. So I did feel like it was solvable to a point where I was confident in enough in myself. And because of manpower, because of my personal warrior trainer, I was making the decisions of the person I wanted to be. And so I felt confident to share with everyone of what I was going through. And so that's, that's what really helped me. And personal warrior trainer made a huge difference for me. Awesome. Thank you, Tyler. So I want to address the next question that came up, which was what does a PWT do that isn't part of the weekly groups? And I'll answer that one. And then I'll let you guys, Tyler and Brandon and Andrew add to anything that I may have missed or any insights you see from what you do. What we do is very complimentary to what's done in group. There are some very similar things that you'll see in what we do to group. One is we have accountability with the guys, but we're doing the accountability in a slightly different way. And I'll explain that in a second. The second thing that we're doing is deepening these guys. Why remember Tyler mentioned that it's not what you're doing. It's why you're doing it. And what is the fire that ignites you? A lot of people start with more of a kindling, which they need to get the fire lit. Our job is to help them get the kindling and deepen it so that they have log reasons to fight. The third big thing that we do in each session is help the warrior to catch the lies or the limiting beliefs, both are the same, lie or limiting belief is one and the same, that are keeping them from succeeding in each of their manpower squares. Now, some guys start out with a lot of empty squares and these guys have to figure out where to begin with them. And so generally they'll do a quick survey of the gamut of where they're doing well, where they're not doing so well. And they'll begin to attack each square methodically each week. So they may only get through one battle with one square, but the objective is to not teach these guys a better way to hold the beach ball down or not teach them a better method for just getting a goal done. They help them to recognize where did they lose the spirit? Where did they get off of a zero with the chemical scale so that they then became susceptible to the temptation to not do that goal? And at the same time, they're also helping them to identify processes that they can put in place to be more consistent with that goal. Cause that's the problem. Sometimes we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our processes. So when somebody just has nothing in place to help them decide what time of the day they're going to do this or when they're going to do this, how they're going to do it, the PWT takes that time to say, okay, Hey, let's talk about 
when would you do this? How could you remind yourself? What's your cue that you're, it's time to do this? So they're doing that kind of work, but they're doing a lot with loss battle analysis. Loss battle analysis is one of the tools that's taught in group, but we deepen it in personal word training. That's where these guys really learn to do loss battle analysis is with their personal word trainer. They do one every single week. If they have a perfect week with manpower, they do a loss battle analysis because there's always tweaks that can be made, but we can see how Satan is getting us off of a zero and causing us to lose a battle. And, and then the final thing that we do is help them prepare for the upcoming week. We use a tool called prophesying to do that. We help to draw upon the warrior's ability to have the spirit with him and recognize the time, the place, the circumstances that Satan is going to attack next, particularly around what they just did in lost battle analysis. You know, they'll identify lies and beliefs that Satan has been using. Well, the next question is, okay, let's be ready for the next battle so that you can win this next battle with, with the truths that we're installing. So all of this then now is focused on manpower. That's the one thing that's different than group. In group, they're working on more focused with, with the M&P goal. In the one-on-one sessions, the entire focus is on helping them. Accountability is a little bit different as well. In group, uh, the guys are reporting each week on how they're doing with their M&P goal and how they're doing with manpower, but just with two numbers. The personal warrior trainer goes deeper. He's watching how, what's happening each day with the way this guy's progressing. How many goals has he completed that week? How many perfect days has he had? And how many consecutive days has he had? Because those three numbers give him a quick view of how the warrior's progressing. If he only sees the consecutive day the warrior's on, he has no idea. Did he, did he do two goals or did he do 41 goals that week? So this helps him to see that and be able to gauge that, engage where to really focus his effort. Guys, what do you want to add to that, that that's unique in your personal word training sessions beyond group? Well, I mean, you covered Go ahead, Andrew. You covered it really, really well. I also like to think of myself as a hype man of just being like, Dad, you got this. You can do it. Yeah. Oh, you, you, you feel bad because you're on only one day consecutive, but you got 28 goals done. You beat Satan 28 times, man. That's awesome. So I think I, man, I also, one thing I like to focus on is really helping guys feel comfortable reporting their goals every night to their parents. That's something that I, if I always ask about that briefly and if they're like, ah, I don't really talk to my parents about it. Like, okay, let's just, let's address this. Well, why? And just because I'm a huge believer in social support is key. So other than that, yeah, it's what we do. Yeah, great. Andrew, thanks for sharing that. That I think that is a really important aspect. Tyler, yeah, go ahead. I think just to add on the loss battle analysis, I think the reason for me why it's so important to go over loss battle analysis is because it teaches us to focus on the root cause and not a symptom. If a guy doesn't get his goal done and he says, oh, it's because I was on my phone, well, why were you on your phone instead of doing your goals? You, you know, you go down and you find the emotions that are playing. Anytime we decide to do something out of our values, it's because an emotion or a trigger happens that causes an emotion that makes it so we don't feel like doing our goals. And so that's why I love it is because not only does it teach you the root cause, but because of that analysis, it teaches your sons and myself how to be emotionally healthy. 
which is really the key of long-term recovery. Yeah, thank you, Tyler. And these guys, all three of them know how much of a hammer I am with loss battle analysis because I see the power of that tool. It is, a, it is a game changer with your guys. If your guys aren't doing loss battle analysis, they're missing huge opportunities for learning. And these guys make sure to teach them that every week so that they can really fine tune their ability to use that tool in their own loss battles with whether it be manpower, M and P, whatever it may be, they, they're able to really utilize that in an effective way. Any, anything else you guys want to add to just that? Fun psychological fact about the loss battle analyses in the field, we call it cognitive behavioral therapy. So there's actually a fancy name for it in everything. That's right. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Most of what we do and in the work that we do is cognitive behavioral therapy. In case anybody wonders about that, you can go look that up and see a little bit more about that. Let me address the next question that was posted here, which is what can moms do to approach a son caught in the trap? if they have, haven't had a conversation yet. So guys, do you have any insights on that you'd like to share? Andrew, go ahead. I see you shaking your head. All right. I'm really, you guys haven't figured it out. I just want to say regarding Andrew, if you haven't noticed this about Andrew yet, if Andrew weren't a therapist, I would have, or becoming a therapist, I would have told him you'd make a great actor. Andrew is amazing at his uh, theatrical uh, <laughs> stage. Yeah, dude. So take it, it away. And therapy is just a little bit more marketable. So <laughs> my, my first, first thing is I would say, make sure that you get into a place where you are going to talk to them out of love. And I, I, I say that you get to that place because I know for my mom and my mom is the most saintly human on this planet. But to her, she felt betrayed when she found out about what I was going through. And she, she's actually like gone to therapy for betrayal, trauma, or things before this. And so she kind of reacted with her first emotion. And that was very hard. But later on, she was able to kind of calm down and focus on love. So basically, I would say the first thing to do is remember why you love your child and think about it with this perspective of he, he's still an amazing person. He's just going through life, a very normal and horror part of life that can be mastered. So as he first kind of, if you need to take a step back and not address it immediately, just so you can make sure that you prepare that you're ready and just so you can make sure that they feel your love because then they're going to not, they're not going to get, well, they're less likely to get defensive and they're more likely to be more vulnerable and to be more motivated and say like, okay, yeah, my mom is helping me. And so I would say from a very practical perspective, when you do talk to them, just saying, first off, I want you to know that I love you. I, and I might see something along the lines of, I have found that you're, you're, you're struggling with these things and I want to help. And I, I know you can, can master this and may take time, but I'm here to support you. So just making it known that you love them and you're ready to support them. And I think that, that would be huge because that's what the savior does. He loves and supports. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. 
Guys, it, Tyler, Brandon, you guys want to add anything to that? You found what's helpful from your search. Yeah. So for, for me, of course, you have to recognize and you have to, like what Andrew was saying, you have to recognize that there is something that's going on and approaching your, your son in the right way is very, very important of how comfortable they will feel confiding in you. And so something that I've seen effective in my personal life, whether I'm approaching people or whether I'm being approached is for me, kind of like a formula, and of course, everyone's different. Something that's helped and goes somewhere with Andrews is just recognizing that there's something wrong. You know, hey, like I recognize and I've seen that you've uh, been viewing pornography and that you've been struggling with this. And then, like Andrew was saying, keep in mind the eternal perspective that your son is a son of God. And with Jesus Christ, he has the power to overcome this. Keep that in mind because sometimes when at least I've been approached sometimes and someone brings it up. Sometimes I don't feel like they believe in me that I have enough power to overcome this. And so, right, recognize the problem, recognize, hey, it's okay. It's going to take some time. And then three, establishing expectations. One that helps, that helps you personally to go through to start recognizing the process that it's going to take. So if your son does relapse, it's not, it won't like be the end of the world. And so sudden expectations like, Hey, like, I know this is an an addiction and it's going to be really hard. All I expect is, you know, you let me know how it's going, going to go. And then when you let me know, let's come up with a game plan. Let's talk about where we could, where we can improve. And so for me, that's really helped me because when I went to my parents, I knew the expectations. I knew my mom and my dad were not going to be angry at me. I knew that we were going to make a game plan to improve. And so that helped me and that helped my parents for when I did let them know, they knew, okay, this is how I'm going to respond. And my son's going to be okay with this because he knows how I'm going to respond. So that's what's helped me. Yeah. Thank you, Tyler. That's great. Brandon, want to share anything with that? Yeah. I think the only thing I would add is, you know, being educated goes a long way because you can only work with what you know. And so I think it's, you know, it's a testament that so many of you are here right now learning about this and something that's a little taboo and isn't discussed very often. And so being educated on, you know, what they're actually dealing with and what they're going through, and that can really help to be of, I don't know, be a resource for them and be able to help them in a way where, in a better way than if you didn't know what was going on. Because you can go to them and say, you know, I love you and we're supporting you, but if you don't really know what's going on, then you're limited. And so I think that being educated puts you in a position where you're a better resource for them. So yeah, I think that's everything I would add to that. That's great, Brandon. Great thing to add. Thank you guys. The next question that came up was one around what does it take to become a PWT? And I'd like to engage the three of you guys in answering part of that question, because I'm going to share the nuts and bolts of what it takes, but I want you all to hear from these guys, what, how it changed them and how it prepared them to help work with other people. This process is, is a fairly lengthy one and it is a, it's a rigorous one. The first step to becoming a personal warrior trainer is that you have to graduate from a program yourself. You have to demonstrate the ability to maintain self-mastery, to do your goals, to, to be consistent and demonstrate a level of maturity 
So not every graduate can just come up and say, well, I'm ready now to be a PWT. Generally, I only allow folks who are at least 18 to be a personal order trainer. We have had a couple of exceptions. Tyler was one of those exceptions. Yep. And Tyler had a very high degree of maturity and proactivity and coachability. That's a huge part of being a personal order trainer, is ability to be coachable. And I saw in him the ability to, to really thrive in that. And so I allowed him to go in early, but generally it's 18 and a lot of guys end up being post-mission because a lot will come to me and say, well, I want to be a personal order trainer now. And I'm leaving on my mission in three months. And I'm like, well, you won't even be done with the training in that time period. So come back and see me when you get back from your mission. So that's what we typically will find. It'll be post-mission for the most part. They kind of, they come into the program, but once an individual graduates, and they demonstrate a really good understanding of the principles and tools, they can step into mentor training. And our mentor training program is 21 weeks long. They're attending every week for 21 weeks. They're learning all of the, how to mentor guys through all of the lessons of the Sons of Gilman program and Eternal Warriors program. They're learning how to mentor people using our five mentor skills that they really hone down and become experts at. They learn how to run sessions and the details of running a personal warrior training session, how to take guys through the, the six, the six captain's log questions that we do as part of the program, but also the kind of unique personal warrior trainer agenda that we use to be able to guide people through that. They become very good every week. They're doing lost battle analysis. They're doing, they're learning and teaching lessons. They're evaluating how others are teaching. They're deepening their understanding of the principles and the tools over this 21 weeks. And then they ultimately also learn how to take guys through passion project training, because that's our ultimate goal is for once guys bridle the horse, we want them to use the horse in a productive way. And the personal warrior trainer is the boots on the ground to help your sons implement passion projects in their life and to really figure out what is a passion project that I could pursue and how did, how do I get started and how do I take these steps each week? So we train them in how to do that. Now, once these guys complete their training, they also do some PWT specific training that all the nuts and bolts of things that they've got to do each week and reporting and administration and HIPAA and all the detail, the business details they have to go through. And you can tell Andrew really loved that part of the training. And, and then, then once all of that is done, they get it to do a checkout session with me and get a whopping two clients that I, I will personally oversee and watching every session that they do so that I can ensure that they're getting this, that they're, because these two clients may be completely different than anything they've ever seen in training. They may happen to get the least motivated person of the entire program show up as their first client. <laughs> and I'm coaching them personally through these first couple, like every session that they're doing. And then I'll, I'll give them a few more and continue to coach them very closely until I see that these guys are, they're becoming pros at it. And then at that point I back off and I let them decide how many clients they're taking on. They get, they're constantly being audited. These guys know that any one of their sessions that they're doing could be that they're all recorded. They're, they're stored drawing me to be able to listen to, or my auditor. I have an auditor who works with me as well. And between the two of us, we're, we're checking regularly every person's sessions to make sure that they're on track, that everything they're doing is really sound.
So it's a very lengthy process. Um, it basically takes someone a minimum of about a year, even if they, you know, graduated from the program in four to six months to be able to qualify and, and be completely trained as a personal order trainer. And that's, you know, that's one, one of the reasons I have such a high degree of confidence in my PWTs. I don't allow anyone to be in this program unless they've demonstrated a high degree of quality. So I'll have parents to come and say, well, how can I know I can trust this PWT? I tell you, I will, I can vouch for every one of them and I will vouch for everyone. Sometimes personalities are totally congruent and we might find that and we'll reassign if needed. But as far as the quality of the experience that they're getting, the training and, and, you know, quality that they've demonstrated, you know, is up to par for any one of these guys, guys. The, what I want to ask you is how did that experience help prepare you and change you as an individual working with people? So I'll go first. <clears throat> I didn't actually learn this uh, principle until after I was a PWT, but it's very applicable to my process of becoming a personal warrior trainer. And that is this idea that we're either being pushed by pain or we're being pulled by vision. And that's what being a personal warrior trainer is is all about for me. It's about being a part of something uh, bigger than myself. And it's not only beneficial for me, which it is every time, but the fact that I get to help other people is just unreal. And so I don't know what else I would have done after I graduated from the program. So it's just, it's been amazing for me. So. Yeah. Thank you. Brendan, Andrew, Tyler, you want to share? For me, being a personal learning trainer is awesome. One, it deepened my my knowledge and my love of having smart goals. I am, I am way more efficient and successful in my life because of the, because of these goals and your sons will get to learn that as they go through the program, just how powerful goals can be. Another thing is it taught me to really care about others and to pay attention to body language, to see how someone's feeling, whether that's myself being self-aware or others. And so it's really more caring. And the last thing, right. I think Brandon shared where just being driven by vision, you know, having something I want to achieve and not being limited by, by fundamental beliefs. I proactive. And if I want to achieve something, I have the belief that I can do it. It's just going to take some time and some goals. And so that's, that's really how the training has really affected me on a personal level. And, and I think a lot of that, what these guys described is a, a lot of what we teach in passion project training is how to really become vision oriented and get past, Hey, I just want to end this and get out of this problem. We are teaching the guys, Hey, let's shift your focus to what do I want? What is my objective, my intention? And how do I now achieve that? Because that's really what Satan's trying to throw us off and just keep us distracted from who we really are and what we want. Andrew, you want to add to that? Yeah, it really did help me really focus on being my best self so that I can help these guys that I love. Um, and it, that has a lot of things to it. So like doing manpower every night, the requirement to be clean from M and P for at least 24 weeks and the interior that comes with that, that that's a self-report thing. And yeah, what, one of the most defining moments of my life was kind of more towards the beginning when I told Ruben, Hey Ruben, I, I know I'm a PWT, but I lost the battle 
And he said, all right. And I, I knew that meant I wouldn't be able to get any clients for 24 weeks. Well, I worked through that, but he was there and helped me with that. And I was so grateful for that because I basically realized, well, help me see, like, I want to help people so much that I'm willing to have integrity for these things. So I can make sure that I'm kind of quality controlling myself. And that was very helpful. So basically it's, it's helped me see that to help other people, I need to make sure that I am in a place that, that, well, that I'm able to do that. I'm able to, that I am able to help other people. And it's, it's amazing how I will have personal word trainers approach me from time to time and say, I can't do this job anymore. I haven't been doing my manpower for months now, and I've been trying to get guys to do theirs. And I realize I, I have no moral authority. And it's, so it's not just a requirement that we set to try to, you know, keep these things going. We know that internally you can't take a person to a place you're not going. And internally there's too much conflict. And so these guys are all meeting those standards. And that's something that I think you can take comfort in. They're meeting the standards they're asking your guys to meet. I want to address one other question because I know my guys may need to drop here, but I want to make sure to get some feedback from them on something that may be of value to each of you as parents. And it's a question that came to me. The, the, there have been many, many stories that I've heard and I've participated in of individuals who looked like nothing was changing. Nothing was improving. And suddenly the light bulb came on. And I wanted to just ask each one of you guys, if you could briefly share one of those experiences that you had as a personal warrior trainer working with your guys. It's just a little glimmer of for everyone who may have someone struggling in that way. And Andrew. So I can stay until like 1230. So if the other guys okay. need to leave. All right. So um, some, you start I'm, with them. Tyler or Brandon, either one of you. Uh, Brandon, you go ahead. You're off mute. Okay, I'm good to stay too, but I'll go, I'll go first. <laughs> okay. A moment where it all started to click. It took a while, you know, with going into group, it was all new and as amazing as it was, it's still a lot of stuff. So it took me a little bit of time to, to internalize the things. And, but eventually that did click. And I would say maybe for me, it was that couple of months in where I started to realize that the things that I was talking about in group and the things that I was meeting with my PWT about could actually help me on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Like this stuff's really applicable to what I'm going through and, and by using it and exercising it. And doing the things that I'm supposed to, like that will actually help me, you know, not just have this trial taken away from me, right? Which is how I wanted it to go, but to be able to be strong enough and skilled enough to work through it. And so I think that's the realization that I made that it wasn't something that I just had to get through, but it was something um, that could change me. And so that, that'll happen, you know, through the program. And and Brandon, tell us a little bit about someone you've worked with that you saw something similar shift for them. Yeah, it's fun. And it's, that's actually probably the most rewarding part about being a trainer. Just one person in particular, when he started the program, he was doing it because he had to, right? Which that we see that a lot and that's okay. We work with what we have and. And I remember that he, I asked him why he was fighting to do perfect manpower. And he said, because I have to, my parents are reaching, right? Because I'm, they're making me tough. And so, you know, he wasn't doing very well as far as he, he wasn't seeing a lot of progress. And, and so I told him, I said, what do you have to lose at this point? Like, why don't you just try 
to do all of your goals. Like you've tried everything else. And we met a week later and it was like, I was meeting with a completely different person. He was just so more enthusiastic and yeah, that was incredible. And it was because he finally just surrendered, right? And he just said, I tried everything else and I'm going to do these, these goals, these six things a day. It's all it is. And it was able to turn him around pretty quick. So that was, that was amazing. Yeah. I actually love this question. For for me, and the reason why I love this question is because no matter who the person is, their background, or maybe uh, medical issues that they have or mental disorders that they have, I have the same expectations for all of them. And, and, the, and they know that. And so it might take a guy some time, but I haven't had a guy that I've spent over, over six months with that hasn't made improvement because of those expectations. And so one of the guys that I, I met with, hopefully this is okay to share. We'll share his name or anything, but he, he had ADHD and he had it really, really, really bad. He would get distracted in their meetings. He would be looking at YouTube videos on his Apple products, like just super distracted. And anytime I asked him a question for three months, he just said, I don't know. I don't know. And previously he. He met with another, he met with another personal warrior trainer who's actually my brother-in-law who, who went inactive because of school for his, for his personal warrior training. And he even then met with him for another three to six months and was saying, I don't know. So he met with the personal warrior trainer for six months at the least saying, I don't know to every question. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was something I said or some motivation that he got one day more actually, and this was the conversation one day I was just like, dude, like, I am not going to accept another. I don't know from you. I will sit here and I will listen until you give me a straight answer. And then I don't know. He was like, shoot, this guy is actually serious about, about me and what, what I'm going through. And so eventually he started saying, I don't know. And would give some kind of the answer. He wasn't sure. And then eventually he started giving me some real answers. And he actually graduated this week. Perfect man, power, passion project. And he did great. And so he literally went from the least motivated person to someone that's graduating. And so it was just a wonderful experience. Awesome experience. Thank you, Tyler. Andrew, how about you? So I think mine's uh, a little bit different uh, in that... I, I've had a few of these and I, I can actually point to a common factor. Now, remember correlation is not causation, but something that I've noticed is that things that I've had that really stuck out to me as like, just not going anywhere, just not going anywhere. One of them actually wanted to be going somewhere, but he just wasn't making it prove the other one just didn't really care. Both of them at one point we had a good conversation about the accountability to their parents. And basically they realized, well, they, they said, you know what, I'm gonna try to be accountable to my parents. I might as well, why not? And it, it was a clear night and day difference. All of us, like one of them, I had been working with him for months. We had that conversation of, you know what? I could try to be perfectly accountable to my parents. 28 days later, he had gotten to 28 days of perfect manpower, and that's the minimum requirement to graduate from the program. It was like, it was mind blowing. And so it, it, it just, it just took that, that little thing that they were missing 
that turned out to be a pretty big thing. And so it was, it was really cool to see other guys I've had where they were making actually the very first guy I ever got, he was making absolutely no progress. And this was very different in that it was determined with him and his, his clinician that he, it would be better for him to actually go to a one-on-one therapist and deal with other underlying problems and then kind of come back to the program when he was more, more ready. And that happened. And from what I can tell, I've actually seen, I, I, I somehow got like caught up with him not too long ago. He, he basically said like, yeah, I'm back in the program. I'm doing great. And it was, it was really cool to see. So everybody's going to be a little bit different, but it's possible. Yeah. And it's, it's probably one of the most common questions that we have in our monthly training meetings. These guys come from monthly training the entire time that they're personal order trainers. And a very common question is when do I give up? You know, when do I decide that I just can't do anything to help this guy? And in almost every instance that we bring up a specific, uh, situation, we find a way to be able to help that individual to just continue to work with them and continue to strive with them. I, I, I've seen too many stories where it appears that nothing has changed, but the, I, I always like to equate it to bam, bamboo in the first seven years of its life grows about two inches a year. And then in the seventh year, it grows 40 feet. And it's because the rhizome layer underneath the ground is developing and you can't see that. Just like with most of these guys and the work that we're doing, that rhizome layer is being developed as we work through the, these fundamentals with them and help them to really achieve better understanding of fundamentals and break through lies one at a time. That rhizome layer gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And in my experience, in many cases, the, the outward appearance is very nonlinear. It just goes from two inches, two inches, two inches, to boom, 40 feet of growth as that really is that foundation gets really well established. So, so that's what we, you know, we, we deal with this constantly as personal warrior trainers and, you know, really helping guys to motivate and know how to motivate. And I, I'll ask you guys, one, one thing I do want to uh, clarify too, there was a um, comment about what, what are the six goals that these guys are helping them with? M stands for ministering. So we're helping these guys are helping someone every day. And it doesn't have to be just one action. They can have a menu or have some things that they are picking from, but they determine that day what specifically they're going to do. It's not accidentally at the end of the night, they go, did I help someone? Oh yeah, I helped them. That's not how you count the goal. All these goals are things that they intentionally set up front and decide to do. A is both accountability and action. Sometimes we'll start with accountability when someone's struggling. But I generally, my rule that I teach these guys is start them with both, assume that they can do both. And then if they're really struggling, we might back them back off to just accountability for a while, but action, meaning taking action with your body. It can be physical action, like doing exercise or doing drills each day. It could be playing an instrument. It could be doing different things, but you're doing something with your body. N stands for, we used to call it no, but I, as a hypnotherapist, I actually don't like the word no very much because I know that the unconscious mind doesn't see the word no. It only sees what we're focused on. I like to call it the new pattern. What if I'm going to cut something out of my life, what am I going to put in? And what we like to do is have them put a border around the M and P. 
So if they have a place where they're struggling with them, they're vulnerable, like a, a very common goal is for guys to leave their phone outside the bathroom when they go in, because that's a place of vulnerability. And so they said, I go, there's prayer, write and read. And they're asked to pray twice a day, five minutes each time, write a letter to God, to a future spouse, future kids, future self, something that's meaningful to them where they can reflect each day and then read at least 15 minutes from the scriptures and words of the prophets and 15 minutes dragging to the fight or some other book that may be assigned to them. So it's a, it's an extensive set of, of goals that they're working on each day. They can really help them to activate the frontal lobe consistently each day. One other question that I, I had for you guys, I'm sure we covered during this time together is what are some of the ways that you have found to be especially helpful in motivating guys who don't appear to be very motivated? They're motivated by something. All right. So it's just a matter of figuring that out. Everybody is motivated go. by something. And so that's, that's what we do, right? That our first question is, why are you fighting for perfect manpower? And we could talk about that all day, right? If I have somebody that's not truly motivated about doing these goals, I'll ask him, what is, what do those goals do for you? You know, what does it do for you to pray for five minutes? That's a, that's a long time to pray. How do you feel after that? Right? Like, what does that do for you? And that's just one goal, right? So. And that's a good reason that they have some flexibility with some of their goals, right? They get to pick what action they want to do. They get to pick who they minister to. So these are things that are important and emotional for them, and they should be. And so if someone's not feeling very motivated, I'll just, you know, I work to figure out what does motivate them. So, I, yeah, that's my take good. on that. Yeah, thank you, Brian. And sometimes we teach the guys, hey, sometimes you got to start with kindling. It may be something that sounds kind of silly and sound kind of shallow, but if it gets the fire lit, start with it and then throw some logs on it as it get, really gets burning. Tyler. Yeah. For, for me, when guys have a lack of motivation, something I like to do is take them and put them in a, in a larger perspective of saying, okay, what, what do you want to accomplish as a human being? And when you pass away. 60, 70 years from now, let's say your, your mom's there, your dad's there, your friends, your family are there. What do you want them to be able to say about it? And then when they give me the response and I'll just say, okay, how does manpower help you achieve those goals? And most of the time for, at least for me, I've seen that be pretty effective with helping people find reasons to fight and also want to want to do their goals. But thank you, Tyler. So I really like to find true and clear and present reasons for fighting. On paper, a good reason to say, why are you fighting? I'm fighting so I get to the celestial kingdom. I'm like, you know, yeah, it, it, it's good to want to go to the celestial kingdom. However, I love to ask them the question, all right, do you think of that when you are in the middle of a manpower battle and you decide, never mind, I'm uh, I'm with, with this battle. In fact, I, I love going to the, how did you win your most recent difficult battle? Because often that's where we find, that's where I find their real reasons for fighting. And sometimes it's literally just so, well, I want to maintain my streak. Awesome. Let's, let's grow with that. Or it's one well, of my parents tell me that I need to come here. All right, cool. Why do you have to do what your parents say what you want to do? Well, I love my parents. Okay. So you're fighting because you love your parents. Awesome. So basically, I love finding the real reasons for fighting, 
even if there's if they think they're small or not that amazing and then building on that for me it was well i'm fighting so i can put in my mission papers well why do you want to put in your mission papers well because i've always wanted to go on a mission why did you always want to go on a mission well because i love the gospel and i want to go share with people you're fighting for the people you're going to share the gospel with awesome and so that's something that i like to do is find the real present reasons as small as they are and then just kind of like Tyler said, just kind of blowing them up to the big picture. I'm like, this is way more noble than you think. Oh, thank you, Andrew. And, and I'll add to that, you know, one of the things that I've found to be really effective in helping people to find their fight and their motivation is to help them see that they're really not lazy people. They're really not bad people. They're really not disorganized people. And, and when we're doing lost battle analysis, that gets revealed. So I love to take someone really through a deep loss battle analysis in a way that they go, oh my gosh, I see that really when I was in that place that I was motivated, that I was at a zero, I actually did want to do my goals. I actually did feel motivated to do this. And it wasn't that I'm this bad, lazy person. It's that Satan got me into this mood battle because of this belief that he got activated. And when they start to see that belief and they start to recognize that belief and the power that there is in a truth that can really flip that belief. It gives people a lot of motivation and really helps them to see, wow, I could actually win this battle if I just implemented that truth instead of letting this belief drive me further. One of the questions that came in that let's see if we can address this one is some parent do's and don'ts. Focus on manpower, since our job is more focused around manpower. Guys, have you noticed anything that would be a really good do or don't for a parent? Go ahead, Tom. So on the clients that have had the hardest time doing manpower when their or, or girl power, when their parents do manpower or girl power with them side by side and they're accountable to each other. So they see that they both fail and then the parents can model how to handle failure. I've seen that as a huge success because then it really just deepens the relationship. So that's something that has been huge for some of my clients. I've been really struggling with their yeah, with them doing it together. That's a great one. I, great I have literally never thought of that. And I, my, my mind has been blown. My world has been changed. So. <laughs> Adding to that, I think a really great do is make sure you get that initial in the manpower journal every day. I I personally think that that little itty bitty line that says parents initial is one of the most powerful, powerful, powerful things in that whole book. Because when that happens, you kind of become their daily PWT. Because they come to you and that gives you a chance to say, look how many goals you got done. Great job. Hey, I noticed you didn't get this goal done. What, what happened there? And you can do a lost battle analysis. And again, you, you just kind of like a daily PWD. And let me tell you, your mothers, mothers are the most heavenly, saintly people on earth in their, in their children's eyes. And so getting them bringing their journal to you and you looking at it and saying, you got 28 manpower goals done this week out of 42. 
I'm so proud of you. Good job. That means any son just go. If that's not a reason for fighting to begin with, if that starts, they'll start saying I'm fighting for my mom. And, and I think I, to just add to that, thank you, Andrew. I think to add to that one, one good thing to consider maybe when you see a report is, well, why didn't you, why didn't you generally has a strong shame component to it. And one of the things that we're really focused on these guys and helping them overcome is shame. And for them to have shame activated generally is not very productive. Shame is a very demotivating thing. We, our tendency as parents can be, well, why didn't you do that? Why did you miss that? Why did that's an opportunity, I think, for us to really take a step back and go, is that going to be productive in this moment? I generally find that the better questions to ask, if I'm going to ask a question are what questions, oh, well, what could we learn from that? What could we do differently next time? What did you do well today? How did you succeed today? I, I was working with someone yesterday. It wasn't a personal order training visit, but this individual was, it's a coaching client that I work with. And he came in and I said, well, how did your week go? And he said, it was terrible. I just, I had missed so many things this week that we've talked about doing and that I needed, you told me to do as an assignment, terrible week. I said, well, what went well? I didn't even address, I didn't even address the other. I said, well, what went well? And he proceeded to tell me about two of the most important assignments that he had when we met that he followed through with, with his parents and a plan that he put together and the way that that plan opened up and the things that he accomplished with that plan that week. And I said, you know, wow, isn't it interesting that Satan totally got you to forget about those wins and totally focus on your losses, which is what we're going to get more of what we focus on. We get more of, I train that into my guys. And so I think as a parent, it can be really powerful for you to focus on what you want more of. If you want more success, focus on the success that you're seeing and really accentuate that success. And if you're not sure what to say, when they bring the book to you, just initial it and say, thank you for bringing that good job, bringing that in and having me initial it. Cause they got more that day. They got the accountability and that, like Andrew said, is huge. Brandon, what do you want to add to that? I just wanted to add one thing I've noticed it's a fine line that you want to walk, I think, because I've had some people whose parents are very, very involved in such a way that they're kind of carrying them in a, in a sense where they're reminding them, Hey, did you, you know, let me see your journal today or something like that. And to some extent, I think that's unhelpful because it's their role and it's their responsibility. And so if you're doing it all for them or, you know. You know, it's, I don't know. I, I think it's a fine line. Want to be encouraging, of course, and helpful and, and supportive, but give them a little bit of room to, to operate and to have some independence because it's their goals, right? And they're, yeah. So that's all I wanted to add to that. Karen, we've got about four minutes. I can address probably one more question, but what you want to say is I don't want to take the rest of the time if we need to wrap up at the end. No, we, we want you the whole time, you guys. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, let's, let's address that. Someone asked me about thoughts on how to address the issue of shame with guys in the program. And I think this is a really big one because I, I think that, you know, one of the things that we have to understand about shame is that it's Satan's counterfeit to godly sorrow. Godly sorrow says, Hey, you made a mistake. 
back. Let's get you back on track. It's like we're heading towards a destination. Oh, I veered. Well, let's just get you back on track. There's never anything judgmental about God, godly sorrow. It's always, if you notice, godly sorrow is always very motivating. It actually pulls you to want to be more. Shame, in contrast, says you are a mistake. And this is just another example to prove it. Shame, notice any label that limits us in any way is actually some form of shame. So, you know, I'm stupid, I'm slow, I'm, you know, I'm whatever, I am. Whatever you put behind the I am that limits you in some is actually a form of shame because it's saying in some way I am broken and I'm not enough. But when we can recognize that and I always like to tell my guys, look, don't be going around shouldn't all over yourself. If you're using the word should, a lot of times there's a lot of shame behind that word. You can switch that word. One, one letter shift can totally change the nature of that energy from should to could. I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. See, shame takes away your power. Shame says, I am a victim. I have no power. Should gives the focus of, I am the victim here. I have to do this. I must do this. Could says, well, I could do that, but I have choice here. And I can make, I can choose powerfully in that choice. And I think that, that helping, just helping your warrior to recognize that, okay, hey, you're on a journey. And I, and I, I there's the image I like to use is, hey, we set a destination for you when we started with this program. We had a goal that we wanted to achieve. And you might, your, your journey on that destination might look like this. Because we're still headed towards the destination. We're closer today than we were nine weeks ago. Yeah, you're veering, but that's all right. You, you're seeing that and it's bringing you back on course constantly. So, so shame has a tendency to go, I don't even want to be on the course anymore. There's no point. I'm just going to give up. But guilt says, oh, I'm just off course. Let's, whoop, let's just get back on course. We still have the destination in our mind. And that's the focus and energy I like to keep with guys is, hey, let's just get you back on course. It's all good. doesn't matter what you did in the past. Brandon and Andrew, do you guys want to add anything to that? I love that you mentioned the should thing. If you did mention it, I was definitely planning on doing that. I would, again, go back to the idea of loving them. Very, very important. And I think helping them to understand, well, you understanding and them to understand that this is something that people go through. I, it, it is a common, common, common thing and that your kids are the exception, are the exceptional ones in that they want to be better. They want to gain mastery over it. Um, and just help them see how incredible they are for that. Um, because it's true. Most of the world, they don't, they don't care. I have read in textbooks that masturbation is a very healthy thing. I've also read textbooks that say the opposite, just so you know. And so just helping them see like, wow, you are exceptional and you can do this. And I think what that kind of comes back to is what President Nelson said when people asked him, hey, President Nelson, what can we do for these 
youth that are struggling with pornography. And he said, remind them who they are, where they're headed. Brandon, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, sure. I love talking to you about the difference between guilt and shame. And I think Ruben did a very excellent job of that. Um, I like to remember that guilt is a focus of behavior and shame is a focus on like who you are, like your character, your being, right? So that's a very clear distinction between the two. And we can tell the difference by how they make us feel, right? Guilt makes us motivated and inspired and wanting to make change and shame does the opposite. The only other thing I'll add to that is Brad Wilcox in his last conference, he said that when we're being open and accountable and honest, that makes us a disciple. And I think that just reminding people of that is very important. Yeah, I think that the the idea of, hey, what matters is that I stay on my course. I keep the intention. This is where I'm headed. I've been working with eight months now, a lawyer trainer, and he has yet to have a single week of no loss battles, 16 months. But he had made the decision back almost 12 months ago that he was going to stay in the battle for as long as it took. And I have to regularly remind him, I regularly, as we're walking this journey together, I regularly will go and he says, it was a terrible week. I did awful. I don't know why I did this. I said, go look back. Look back from where we've come 16 months ago. I know you're not where you want to be yet. You still see that mountain. It still looks really hot. But look back at how far we have come. And look at the different person that you are now because you kept your eye on the mountain. And baby steps will take you all the way up Mount Everest. Some take longer, some go faster. It doesn't matter as long as you're on the journey. And that's what I think is the key thing for each of these warriors to recognize. And the key thing that each of these personal warrior trainers really strive to do for them each week is keep them in the battle, keep their intention clear, and keep them really focused on that intention. So I know we're out of time. I hope this has been helpful for each of you as you've been able to hear some of these insights and questions. I'm not sure that we got to all the questions, but if you have others and you'd like to reach out and, and talk any, my door is open and uh, happy to talk further about maybe specific situations that you're dealing with, with your sons that personal order training could help with. Karen, well, how, how would they reach out to you, Ruben? The best way is actually to, to. They can call or text me. Let me, let me pop that up. Or you can schedule a 15 minute section with me as well. Let me put that on the chat here. If you ever want this booking link to be able to do that. Well, you, um, you warrior men have come and shine such a bright light here. Like truly it has been so illuminating for each of us individually, as we've considered ourselves personally, as you've talked about just the principles you teach, the things that you're saying, you know, sometimes we can get so hyper-focused on not where we're at in fighting our own personal battles, owning our own personal battlefield as moms, and just so focused on that's just needs to get better, you know? And so you giving us this opportunity to say, hey, let's reframe this. Let's consider ourselves in this and let's consider who our sons really are and their truth. And just to, yeah, know that, boy, I can be an excellent cheerleader or I can be a total basket case. Right? 
And I can, I can go through this feeling inspired, like, wow, I'm glad I have this son. Wow, I'm glad he's willing to do that. Or I can go through thinking, I'm the worst mom in the world. I can't believe my son's in this place. I feel so much shame. Like, so cool. You guys have totally motivated us to consider ourselves and to consider our sons. We love you for it. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, totally. You guys are coming back. I was just about to say, we'd love to come back anytime. Yeah, totally. Yeah, appreciate you so much. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, ladies, for coming today. Appreciate you. Love you so much, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers You Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Do They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSA young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under MothersYouKnow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know, and on Instagram, username at mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week mom power training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers Who Know website at mothersyouknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.